You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive and the fantasy shamer. <laughs> Tony Sincata. Hey, I tell you what, Tone. This fantasy football frenzy, right? <clears throat> Every week we kind of struggle with what we got to talk about. Well, not really struggle because <laughs> when you're good at what you do, you know what I'm saying, you can figure it out. Obviously, this is where the amateurs struggle at. But, Tone, there's a lot to talk about today. Oh, my God. It's going fast and furious, the teams in the NFL. I'll tell you what, I and I, I don't know if we say this every year or whatever, it just seems like there's way more moves than ever before in the NFL. It really does. Every season it seems like the moves get deeper and deeper. You got more and more stuff going on, more teams trying to figure out different ways to get past the uh, salary cap and get the players that they want, whether it be via trade, free agency. So it's a lot going on, and I'm glad to see that, to be honest with you, because it really makes what we do as fantasy analysts very fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we have, you know, things that even as fans, though, like it's weird because I think some team fans, you know, hate that people change teams all the time, but you don't see that a lot with the marquee players in the uh, NFL as they do in the other sports, thanks to the franchise tag. Um, but the other sports, I, I, I like it. I like it here, And uh, uh, except when your team, you know, all, it's it's weird when your team's involved in all these moves, and it, say you're a fan, like you're a fan of the Cowboys who haven't been involved in a lot of moves. What's your opinion of that? Haven't been involved in a lot of moves, and I think right now is not the time, but as of the past couple of hours, Tony, I do see a move that the Dallas Cowboys need to explore heavily, and that is, of course, with Jordy Nelson signing with the Oakland Raiders after he was released by the Green Bay Packers and the Green Bay and Oakland, of course, releasing Michael Crabtree. I think the Cowboys need to make it a priority to go get Michael Crabtree. Would you say he's more of a priority than and Dominic Sue? Which one would you say is a bigger priority? I would say that he is more of a priority than Indominus Sue for the Dallas Cowboys. I think you can find talent on the defensive line. I think Dallas is really struggling for a wide receiver opposite of Dez to maybe make things a little bit easier on Dez Bryant. Now you got a guy who's only a year older than Dez Bryant, still kind of in the prime of his career. For some odd reason, Oakland make the mistake of walking away from him in, in favor of Jordy Nelson. Now, I don't know what the contract number is going to be, Tone, but if I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, I definitely want to uh, – Definitely kick the tires on uh, one Mr. Michael Crabtree, who is a native of the Dallas area. Yeah, I'm so uh, you know I'm surprised that they have that much confidence that Jordy Nelson is that much better than Michael Crabtree. It's crazy to me, right? I I don't I don't really see it as that way. I think it's it could go either way, but for whatever the reason, they see it as a, a goal line situation where, hey, they're gonna go ahead and use him. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I think it's a bad move right there. I don't understand. They bring in Doug Martin. They bring in Jordy Nelson. Like, John Gruden must have been watching too much football, but he thinks these guys are still in their prime. And these are two guys that I don't see giving big money to to bring in as free agents. So I'm I'm wondering what the deal is, what the goal is here for um one Mr. John Gruden as he tries to make this Oakland Raider team better with guys that are way past their prime. 
It is, uh, he's going, uh, I don't know, familiar faces, trying to change the f- franchise around by what he knows. I, it, it, it's a lot. I I don't know. Uh, it's going to be one of those things where we're going to have to see where Gruden's in charge of the whole show there in Oakland and see if he uh, comes through or if he falls on his face. Wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, at least by some of these early moves. But you know what, Tony? He's got 10 years to get it done. How that? <laughs> it makes it a lot easier, right? Uh, other than does. most coaches have it. It does, because now, now that you got 10 years to get it done, you can kind of sit back and be like, okay, well, I can have a couple of my homeboys come out this year, and I'll figure it out on the back end. Set the tone. Tell people how things are going to be run here, and then we'll go after it. Evaluate if our quarterback is the, is the guy or if he's a fraud. I understand 100% on that one. So let's start to get in and break down some of the moves, Tony. It took a lot of time on the last time we talked on the Fantasy Football Frenzy, talking about what the Cleveland Browns were going to do and what they did, mm-hmm. obviously. I want to switch to over to another team in the AFC with the Kansas City Chiefs. You see in the offseason the, the dedication to go with um, Pat Mahomes as the starting quarterback. Now when you look at the situation with Pat Mahomes, you bring in – Tyreek Hill is already there, not to mention the fact that you have um, the running back in Kareem Hunt, the tight end in Travis Kelsey. Now you bring and put Sammy Watkins in that mix. Tone, I'm probably one of the biggest Sammy Watkins supporter, and I look at a lot of single coverage for him in this offense right here. The problem is, can this kid Mahomes play? I think there's a lot of problems. I think this was not a good fit. Really? For, yeah. Uh, first of all, I would ask you, what position is he going to play? Watkins or Mahomes? Watkins. <laughs> Watkins is going to be a flanker, an X receiver. So he'll be an X receiver. Now, you got one guy in Tyree Kill that overachieved and I thought played way beyond my expectations. I haven't seen Sammy Watkins run a pass route since he's been in the NFL. They use him to go down the field and run six, just keep continuing going down the field. He needed to get to an offense that I thought featured the slot receiver, and I, which he was at Clemson University, and which he propelled it. I think it's going to be more of a disaster with a quarterback that we don't know anything about, and I think it really hurts his fantasy value, and he's no more than a fantasy wide receiver three with upside. See, I think he's more of a, of a, of a low-end two with upside because I'm looking at Tony. I'm looking at it based on the talent. When you look at the talent, and I understand the back in the second half of 2015 was a long time ago, but you spent a year with Jerry Goff in the offense that you really weren't familiar with, not to mention the fact you spent a year dealing with that foot injury. Healthy Watkins, a quarterback with a big arm, at least so we think, single coverage because of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey – I think Sammy Watkins is in a position to put up his best season of his career. Yeah, I, I'm not so convinced. I think there's so many ifs, and then you throw in the rookie quarterback. Uh, I don't see it. Like, I mean, I think you're picking for upside for sure and hoping he's going to get get there, and I don't know. We haven't seen it. In, in every situation he's been in, He's been in a, you know, he he had the foot injury in 2015. So there's an excuse for his lack of production in each and every year he's been in the NFL thus far. Um, But I I don't see it. Like, I thought there were better places that would have increased his fantasy value. Yeah, I think it was better places. But I don't think that this current situation is, um, 
I don't think in this current situation is like horrendous for him. I think that he can. He's the fourth here. option in this offense. I, I think you know what, Tony. I think I think when you look at it talent wise, I think he's the second. I think Kareem Hunt in that running game is the first option, and I, I understand Tyreek Hill had a very good year, but I think Watkins is a better player than Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And I think they want to get him involved. Am See, I, 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 am, I, 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 I all, am I am I wrong in thinking that? I think yeah. I think Travis Kelsey, unless you. Think he's you know past his years because those tight ends get beat up and they go. I, I don't see that. And Tyree Kill. I got to be honest. I I wasn't in on Tyree Kill at all last year, and this is a guy that caught every kind of pass and then got involved in every kind of play. And he was catching short passes. He's catching deep passes. He's catching balls over the middle. He's running reverses. Like he did it all last year. I, I just think Tyree Kill's a lot better. Uh, than I gave him credit for um, last year. And I got to see what happens with Sammy Watkins. That was one of the things that was there last year, too, with the Rams. And I don't know what the reasoning was, and some of it might have been Tavon Austin's only, because was there with the only skill. But why wasn't he involved in some reverses? And they didn't do anything to get him the ball and make special plays for him. And I wonder if that's going to be the case in Kansas City. See, I think that happened last year in Los Angeles because of when you look at when he got there. I think the system is already in play. I think the work with golf is already done. Uh, what's the young man named Cup had already been drafted. So I'm looking at it. This is more of a situation where, okay, bet, you know, we got Cooper Cup in here. We got Watkins on a one-year deal. We use him as a as an option as a decoy because of how talented he is. Now, I think he did catch about six or seven touchdown passes last year, Tony, which yeah. shows which shows that he's kind of unguardable in the red zone. But I think now you get a new situation where the team that went and got him in free agency gave him thirty million guaranteed. I think this is their guy. Uh, I'm gonna have to see it out. Like I said, I think they're the fourth. Uh, the fourth receiver. I think the quarterback, you have a rookie quarterback uh, in this offense. I am really, really waiting to see how this thing plays out. I I doubt that I'll have him on any team because I think there's going to be uh, people that are going to be high on Sammy Watkins and there are going to be people not on Sammy Watkins. It only takes one in every draft. You're right about that, Tony, and I'll probably be that guy that's going to be higher on him. I want to read to you right now my current roster in the MFL 10. Obviously, these contests now available all across the country, including the New York City area, taken over by Fanball. They're doing a good job of scooping up these pay-for contests in the industry and getting them licensed underneath the new government regulations. Now, MFL 10 is going to be played everywhere, and they're doing, a, from what I've seen, I'm in my first one right now, so far so good with the interface, right? So my team, the running backs, and now the running back situation is interesting, Tony, because the running backs are Derrick Henry and Alex Collins. I draft mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, maybe about 10 minutes later, Deion Lewis signed. I don't think it's that big. Of, I don't think it kills the value of Henry that much. I would not have took him there knowing that Lewis was there. I think he's more of a two, three turn guy now. I like Freeman and such oh, other really? backs yeah. more than him. Right? So here's how I felt before that. Like the 10 minutes you said before that, I felt that Henry was an end of the first round, early second round pick. And I think. Dion Lewis makes him a mid-second round pick. Yeah, it, but I, I, I'm not a hundred percent confident in that either. I think you know I, I'm interested to see that you say second end is second or third, 
And because the the thing is that people don't realize with Dion Lewis, Dion Lewis is not a picture your of typical small. Sm- well, he's not a typical small back. Like he ran tackle to tackle last year, uh-huh. and he ran inside and he got the ball on the goal line. Um, so I think Henry gets all those opportunities, and I think he still keeps it. But it's not out of the possibility if Henry coughed one up or something that Dion Lewis, you know, takes some of those carries. I can see that, but do you still like him on that two-three turn in the middle of the second? I think he's a. Guy, I take I think him. He's a superior talent than than Leo Lewis. I think it, I do too. He's a big back. I think the offense gets better this year because I think the wide receivers are going to be better if Mariota can stay healthy. I still take him in the middle of the second. I, I doubt if I, if everything I see in these running backs are going early, I, I'm not letting him get through the second round. No, no, no doubt about it. So, like I said, I drafted him at two. But is six. it an automatic handcuff now? Like, I don't think. When so. you pick Henry in round two, do you do you say, "Hey, I gotta get me uh, a Lewis"? <laughs> In round six or seven, I don't think so, Tone. I don't think no. so. To be honest with you, it's not my game. I don't play it like that. Because that I see. Here's the thing: is if you if you think that way, people, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, and you can you can develop the strategies. What I'm saying is you're investing a lot in that Tennessee running back. If you're you're putting two picks in the top six in that one position. Yeah, no doubt. Now, I don't because they're never going to be good enough. They're never going to be good enough that you can play both of them exactly. Like, it's like, not you, like you could it's not that do kind it. Kind of offense. It's not Tennessee. Even if last year, when when Demarco Murray was healthy, you could make the argument at times to play both of them on a bye week or whatever. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on on, on that one, one hundred percent, right there. So now let me ask you this, right? So here's the team. It is Derrick Henry. And Alex Collins as the RB1 and 2. The wide receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton, and Sammy Watkins. If Sammy, if Sammy's a top three wide receiver, like you said, like you think he'll be, that's a tough team to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. DeAndre, where did you pick DeAndre Hopkins? What what pick did he go? One six. I yeah. left. I left Kareem Hunt. And Alvin Kamara on the board. <clears throat> Who would you go first, Kareem Hunt or Alvin Kamara? I think I would go Kareem. I think I'd go Alvin Kamara first. Really? I think mm-hmm. I'd go Kareem Hunt. It's just that I worry about six- Andy Reid losing his mind for three or four games. <laughs> Peyton's not going to do that. I get that. Here, I guess here's the thing that I, I go. I think Kareem Hunt is the guy. And a guy there, and I read, you know, this year, and Andy Reid says a lot of crazy stuff, so you can believe whatever you want to believe, that they got to get Kareem Hunt more involved in the passing game. So that tells me right there, that excites me right there. And Alvin Kamara had a monster year, a great year, but he's not a big back. You know, can he take the beating two years in a row? Mark Ingram's still there, too. I just feel safer with Kareem Hunt. Especially if I believe that he's going to be involved in the passing game more. But the other thing in Kamara's favor is that the Saints, you've got to feel more confidence in that offense and the ability to get more touchdowns because they don't have a rookie quarterback. They got a Hall you know, of Fame quarterback. Exactly. They got a quarterback in the Hall of Fame, and they got, and, and they got an off they, they got an offense carried around a player, and they got a quarterback that's not. I mean, you know, they got a coach that's not going to screw it up or go away from what's working. Where with Andy Reid. As much of a genius as Andy Reid is, Tone, 
he could have said, you know, he, he sometimes his brain takes a couple of weeks off. I think he gets bored and he starts trying to re, re, reinvent the wheel. <laughs> no reason to do that in this scenario right here, especially no. now with this team that he's put together. They got a good dynamic offense tone. I just, like I said, the only thing holding them back is Andy Reid. And I think Sammy Watkins' draft value is going to be one of the guys. Sammy Watkins is going to be a guy that's going to be all over the board in fantasy draft season. Yeah, uh, some bad news out there in the football world and also in the NBA. Uh, the Saints owner, Tom Benson, has died at 90 years of age. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, Tom Benson passed away, owner of the Saints and the Pelicans, right? Yep, yep. So he owns the Saints and the Pelicans. Now, Tony, I don't know much about this. I don't know if you do or not, but I want to talk about what the situation is as far as his children. I think it might be oh, some yeah. kind of beef or something like that. So we'll yes. get to that when we come back. Saints owner Tom Benson dies at age 90. We'll break it down right here on the Fantasy Football Frenzy, right here on FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back at it. Fantasy Football Frenzy on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tony, it sounded like the fantasy executive was pretty upset with Lenny Melnick, huh? Yeah, the legend, Lenny Melnick, of course, uh, who used to be part of this channel. You know, Lenny's a good guy, and uh, I, I've had my really? beefs with him. <laughs> I have my beefs at time. Here's the problem. When you get to be older, like, you think you know everything in the world. And when people disagree with you, it's insane and it's crazy. And people, and when you get older, you don't give a shit. You'll say whatever you want to people. And people think it's a right to be rude, and it's not. And I think, and it's not just Lenny. I, I, I met a lot of people that when they get older, they don't give a f about anything and what they say to people. They just say it. Yep. So, I, I wish him well. He's doing better than Tom Benson. No, he is doing better than Tom Benson. Tom Benson obviously passes away. Lenny this Dunn's is a bad situation, though. Still kicking. The Saints thing. What's going on with this situation in New Orleans with the Pelicans and the Saints? Obviously, fantasy football friends, we focus on the Saints. This has been in court since 2015, before he even died. They've been fighting this thing in court since they 2015, the, before he was coming. even dead. Yeah. Tom Benson's worth three billion dollars three billion dollars he got married for the third time twice his wife died while they were married uh, i don't think it was anything mysterious or anything like that and this younger woman comes in and she's said to have been uh manipulative and benson changed his will uh in 2015 to give everything to his new wife 
and cut out his children. And one of the things that's crazy about that is that Benson had a granddaughter that he'd been grooming to run the Saints. Like, that's what she's done her whole life. Her name's Rita LeBlanc. She's worked in the Saints, and she's been groomed since childhood to take over for him. And then one day he woke up in 2015 and said, Nah, Rita LeBlanc's never going to run this team and left it to his wife. There are people that think he lost his mind back in 2015 and he wasn't dealing with full faculties. It went to court. Uh, His wife won in court uh, a couple times. There was an out-of-court settlement with one of the other children in a court in Texas. Uh, This thing ain't over, but it looks like the young woman is going to, uh, that he was married to, is going to take ownership of the team. Uh, but the kids are not laying down. And it's sad that the grandchild, for whatever reason, somehow is being cut out after, uh, as a teenager, she was being taught how to run this team. Interesting. As a teenager, she was being taught how to run the team. Do you think her general, how do you think about her general manager skills? Uh, I don't know. Like, we have, a, we have a woman that runs the Lakers, and that hasn't worked out lately. As, as well, so I would hope that we can get a a woman that will do well. Of course, obviously, I think she used to run the Lakers. I don't think Jeannie Buss runs the Lakers no more. No, like she did. She Johnson. she. No, well, she hired Magic, she, so that was interesting right. too. That was a good. Move, her brother, right? her brother tried to remove her, and she someone tipped her off, and she went to court and had her brother fired before he could fire her. Like, it's tough being rich. No, it, it really is, Tony. Um, I find it interesting that this is all going on right now with the uh, with, with some of the stuff in the in the, in the NFL. But this is what happens in families. Period, Tony. When yeah. you get rich people involved with this kind of money, sometimes you see things like this where they can't figure out what is going on. People tend to say, "Okay, this is a rich guy thing," but regular, average, everyday families have these same things going on. Oh, Tony. So it's, it's absolutely. Ex- exactly. Whenever someone dies in a family, you always get that one person that wants everything, right? And they could have never talked to those person ever, and they want to go. The Bills situation, people don't realize the Bills owner that died. Um, They actually were prepared for his death um, when he was there. And what happened here is they had to sell the team. The kids couldn't take it over, Ralph Wilson, because the Wilson kids couldn't afford the, uh, the tax, there's a large inheritance tax, and they couldn't afford it. Why couldn't they afford it? They pops owned the damn Buffalo Bills. <laughs> That's the whole thing. I don't know if he had maybe he had 32 kids. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but they couldn't afford it, and that's why it had to go for sale. Is that they would never be able to own that team because there was thoughts of selling it to a group in Toronto uh, before he died. Uh, but um, the reason his family didn't take over, he died at 95, uh, was because of an inheritance tax issue. Really? Same thing, huh? Yeah. He paid, well, here's the thing. <laughs> he paid $25,000 for the team, and when he died, it was worth $1 billion. And um, I, I don't know what the tax would be. It's some probably like that's $500 pretty, million. Dollars. That's pretty, yeah, that's probably pretty. <laughs> Excuse me for, for judging those children, Tony. <laughs> Somebody should have sold, someone should have sold, uh, Ralph should have sold him the team before he died for a buck or something. Yeah, no doubt. That would have been a good move right there to kind of significant, uh, try to get rid of all of that uh, legal mumbo-jumbo with these oh. teams. 
when you look at the on-field product, though, they went in a different direction than we normally see. They focus on defense and running the football. Yeah. Like we thought they were going to get Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham ends up with the Packers, which I want to touch on, too, in a little bit. Not really too many changes in the offseason for the New Orleans Saints tone. Do you think they're the same team? Are they another 10-11 win team again this year in 2018? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they are. I think they are. I thought we saw them put a couple of young guys on defense that will be a year older and their defense matured. That's always been the problem. Uh, I look at the wide receiver position. They have enough guys there that someone could step up opposite Michael Thomas, right? We've seen guys there, and I think they got enough that uh, we could see someone stand up. The tight end position since Jimmy Graham's left has not been anything to write home about. Uh, so I don't think they lose anything there. I think the running back I agree. Uh, situ- situation has changed, and that covers up for the tight end, those short passes there. And uh, Drew Brees will be another year older, but he's a smart quarterback, and he doesn't throw the ball downfield like he used to, but he gets the ball to the running backs, and he gets Michael Thomas within five yards of the line of scrimmage. That's the only problem I have with Michael Thomas. He's not the big play wide receiver that I think people thought they would be, but he catches more balls. He just doesn't get a lot of yards. But at the end of the year, he's going to be a top five wide receiver in PPR league. Uh, I'm not worried about him at all. I think he does a great job, Tony. I think he's the kind of guy that you want on your team, especially on your fantasy roster, solid, consistent player. You can lock him up for 90 catches. He won't have the Julio Jones-type go-off explosion-type games, but I think he gives you enough to where you're like, okay, he's giving you solid, consistent numbers every week. You may not like it throughout the bye weeks when he puts up a 12 or a 15. But I think when you look at the grand, like like Roto Baseball, I think when you look at the total, I think you're going to be satisfied with Michael Thomas, and that's why he's a first-round guy, in my opinion. Would you be satisfied if you were uh, Bob Lung and his Mr. Consistency rankings? <laughs> Not if I hadn't made a dollar on it. <laughs> oh, there the fantasy executive goes again, Tone, starting up trouble. <laughs> oh, you know, Bob, Bob, if Bob's I one of those I think Bob things, is a buddy. Yeah, he wouldn't care, right? You know what happened? Corey, you like to pick on old guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Bob Long ain't that old. Nah, Florio. Hold on, Florio. Come here, Florio. Come here, come here. Uh, How old is old? That's what I want to know. Well, you were talking about how Lenny's old, so I thought it was okay to to say that. Bob Long's probably 20 years younger than Lenny (laughs) Malik. How old is old? I don't know, over 60, I'd say. Yeah, but I don't yeah. think Bob is sixty. No, is I don't Bob sixty? So no, I think it's in his early fifties. Bob Lung is Bob know. Lung is uh, Mr. Consistency. <laughs> we don't know how old he is, but we'll figure Cons- it out. Consistently unemployed. Yeah. Nah, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with the fantasy Tony, execs on a roll, man? Tony, this is why I get in trouble, Tony. This is why I get in trouble. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty crazy. I got the Saints. Job. I love Bob Lung, by the way, and he's consistent. Hey, he is. I consistently love him, Tony. His book was only eight bucks in 2016 on Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> how much does that, How much does uh, Joe Pisapia's black book go for? Uh, probably a mil. <laughs> It ain't too many Joe Pisapias out there, Tony. That's that's that 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 right there is a hot item. 
Uh, Mike Florio, have you ever read Joe Pisapia's Black Book? Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, Bob Lung's been married since 1989, so uh, that's wow. 29 years. Congratulations to Bob and Pam Lung. Yeah, congratulations to them for that uh, long-term relationship like that, Tony. Bob Lung, Bob and Pam doing a better job than me and you ever have. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mike Florio, I'm going to give you Bob Lung's phone number, and we'll. how about we get Bob Lung on and ask him how old he is? I mean, if you it? send me the number, I, I could call. We could hear the ringing on air if you want. Should we do this, Corey? Yeah, let's do it. Let's call up Bob Lung. <laughs> Just we'll get him. We'll get him out of the blue, and we'll see how this goes. All right, I am. Uh, I'm gonna give him the number there, so we can continue to talk till we get Bob Lung on the phone, or if Bob Lung will uh, accept our phone call. No doubt about it. Some people don't. So Right later we might call Matt Deutsch. Then that's gonna be interesting right there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, getting ready to get Bob Lung on the horn, talk a little fantasy football with him, as well as life with the the Mystic Consistency Bob Lung. Yeah, so, we congratulate him on twenty nine years of marriage. Tell yeah, him we no added doubt. up ours and we figured up we didn't come we didn't come out with that. Nowhere near close to twenty nine years of marriage. <laughs> Tone. <laughs> Jimmy Graham as a Packer, yeah. right? I'm like, Jimmy yep. Graham, i throw the ball to the tight end. What's the big deal here? But Jake Seeley, the all-in kid, our buddy says, well, no Jordy Nelson, never had a, yep. a player like Jimmy Graham. He has Jimmy Graham as a tight end one. And I'm like, Aaron Rodgers don't throw the ball to the tight end. I'm not touching Jimmy Graham. Uh, now, I, uh, I give, I give uh, Jake – a lot of uh, love for that Jordy Nelson situation. I, I read that too, and I thought that's a good point. But I think I think he's reaching. I, I think he's reaching there. And there's not 12 good tight ends, so I don't want to say that he's not a tight end one. But if he is, he's a low-end one. Yeah, I'm not Tony. I rather he's the kind of guy I'd rather not get involved on him at that at that point. Especially now, if he was in Baltimore, he would catch. There's going to be games passes. where he gets three points. Exactly. If he was in Baltimore, where he would catch 110 passes for 110 yards, I'm with it because I got the 110 receptions in Green Bay. He's probably going to catch, in my opinion, probably more in that 45 to 50 pass range. I think if you get six touchdowns, you're lucky. But I, right, just not, I think I can figure out more in the PPR. I got him at 11 right now. Yeah. You call Bob. Yeah. I got him at 11. Yeah, let's sure. do it. Yeah, here's, who, here's, what I got. here's what I got. You ready, Corey? Yep. Travis Kelsey at one. Gronkowski. These, uh, these aren't in order. Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Engram, Greg Olson, Hunter Henry. All those guys do you think are ahead of Jimmy Graham? Yep. Would you put uh? Would you, would you put uh? What's old boy name? Trey Burton ahead of him? Oh, I I got yeah. I got more. So I got more. That's six right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got Kyle Rudolph at seven. Delaney Walker at eight. Jack Doyle at nine. And then uh, then I've got Trey Burton at ten. And he's at eleven. There you go. I but think I could. Right. And I and I you know. And, and, 
So uh, it's not a guy that's reliable. It's just not. It's just not. It's just not my bag because I know Aaron Rodgers in the tight end. It normally don't work. Jake makes no. a lot of good points. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, no, this is not a situation I want to get involved in right here. So I find that interesting from um from uh, Jake. And then uh, I I do think that that's a situation that we're gonna have to keep an an, an eye on, especially as we get closer. No answer from Bob Lung. Bob Lung is ducking us, Tone. He's not consistent. No, not not at all. So this put an end to everybody's love child, Adam Shaheen. Oh yeah, it's over. Adam Shaheen was more of a, it was more of a, it was more of an inline tight end to me anyway. I think he's a better blocker than he is a pass catcher. Speaking of tight ends, what about the Buccaneers extending Cameron Brait? Boy, does that kill OJ Howard? I think it kills them both to tell you because we I just said like Jimmy Graham will have three point games. These two guys can have zero games at times. And the problem exactly. is that the NFL has gone to a lot of teams have the two tight ends because they want to be able to run the ball in certain situations. They want to be able to put two tight ends on the field. And when you have a guy like O.J. Howard, who's such a good blocker as well, and then you realize Cameron Bray, yeah, I think it kills both different. I don't want either of them on my team. No, I, I, I like Bray because I think Winston and Bray have a connection. So I will take Bray outside that TN1 range tone. But I, cause, because I, Winston, Winston, Jan, Winston looks for Cameron Bray, and I'm quite sure him getting that extension has a lot to do with Jameis Winston. But it looks like O.J. Howard was going to be the guy here, but it's not going to happen now, and that's very disappointing, especially if he's you're O.J. Howard owner. In our fantasy. He's a first-round pick, though. See, here's the problem is that I think O.J. Howard stays on the field more. And maybe break, you know, situational. I mean, we saw Hunter Henry have good games in the past when he wasn't a starter. So I, it, it could go. I just think it's too confusing. I'm going to stay away. Yeah, I think it's the best bet right there is just to stay away. So find that situation interesting that you got going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their tight end. It might make the tight ends in general, especially when you factor in the fact of what's going on with Jimmy Graham and also Trey Burton this week also signed with the Chicago Bears. I think the Chicago Bears are definitely going to make good use of Burton. So I think Burton is solidly locked into that tight end one situation. If you're not familiar, Trey Burton was a young man that filled in for Zach Ertz on a couple of occasions last year in that Philadelphia offense. He's a very good player. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk to Attack and talk about some of these running backs. It is the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Corey Parson, Tony Sincata right here on FNTSY Radio. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fantasy Football Frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The message is, Tony, from our former friend Lenny Melnick, keep coming in. You're a weasel. I ain't done yet. The latest message. Must be scared really? as hell to call and admit you made a mistake. I don't blame you, but I checked the legend, LOL, by running away scared. Lenny Melnick is continuing to harass me online, Tony. 
He he is. Now, I got a question. Was Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis talking about Lenny Melnick when they were talking about the 70-year-old guy that can't keep up with his legs and how to change his diaper? Is that what they were doing? Tony, you do great radio because I read this message from Lenny Melnick after I thought about what Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis said. Maybe they are <laughs> talking about the uh, the, the artist sounded- formerly known as the legend Lenny Melnick. Yeah, it sounded like they were going after the legend, and uh, it was interesting there. And the other thing that I found interesting about our commercials is that uh, Jake Seeley is the devout Christian and is hoping that Grayson Allen gets his ass beat. Well, Tony, Grayson Allen is a is 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 Grayson Allen's a polarizing figure. I was talking earlier. <laughs> Grayson Allen's the type of guy where you want if he's on your team, you happy he's on your team. If he's not on your team, so. you hate him. I think you hate him even if he's on your team. Not nah, but he's a fierce competitor. Did you know Grayson Allen's from Jacksonville? No. No. Yeah, he's from Jacksonville. Duval. Uh, yep. I'm gonna have to go find out where he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's crazy. But but Jake should love everybody. <laughs> he should be no bias from the all in kid, huh? Yeah, like no violence. What the hell's going on with that, Jake? Uh, I don't know. Those people, it's always the church people I worry about. Interesting. Too bad we couldn't get a hold of Bob Long. Bob Long. Uh, please, I don't have. <laughs> Florio, it, it, it will make his day, so let's just leave him alone. Let him go take his nap. <laughs> Do you think he's still out? Might be sleep. You're right about that tone already. Because whenever he sends me a message telling me what I better do, it's always like four or five o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, that's when he's supposed to be up reading the newspapers. Instead, he's checking <laughs> in the fantasy executives. But a bing, but a boom. All right, so <laughs> let's get to more important things. Um, Carlos Hyde. Now yes. running back for the Cleveland Browns. This week, the Browns extend Duke Johnson. They bring in Carlos Hyde. And we're all sitting up here like, well, what the hell happened with Saquon Barkley? I agree. I, I, I don't know what this team is doing. I guess they're picking a quarterback at number one. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do at number four. Uh, this is this is uh, surprising. I thought Saquon Barkley was going to be the guy. I thought so too, Tony. I did not see this move coming right here at all, and I'm like, um, I don't like this move even without Saquon. But like, I don't like this move because I like Carlos Hyde and I think he's a good running back. But I think it's, I think him and Duke Johnson have very similar skills. I think he almost brought in the same running back. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this to, to, it's like with the rest of these moves Cleveland made, you're hurting the you, – you, nobody's really gaining an increase in value outside of um, Gordon. You yeah. would say the quarterback also, but you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. This is, a, this is a crazy, crazy situation. And this is what I, – I got this debate. I'll ask you about this. So yesterday's show. I was on with Gabe Morris and Cam Stewart and Mike Cardano, and they were saying that they can't wait for the over and unders to come out in Vegas because they think Cleveland's going to win eight games. And I will, and they were going over all the moves they made. And I said, you know what? They made great moves and everything, but they lost a Pro Bowl tackle in Joe Thomas, right? 11 years mm-hmm. he's been there. He's a Pro Bowl tackle. 
and they still have a coach that's one in thirty-one leading this team. So how do you think they're going to win eight games? You look at the talent, and you look at the fact that Q Jackson is supposed to be at least what he's sold to us as this dynamic offensive mind who gets your running game going, who can develop a quarterback. Now he has the pieces to get the running game going and develop the quarterback. Carlos Hyde, Ohio State guy, he's going home. He's going home. He's going home. I'll tell you what, I mean, it's a good pickup. It just seemed like uh, there was other opportunities to to go ahead, and I didn't expect that to happen. And – uh, the Hugh Jackson, whatever he's supposed to be, uh, we need to see something on the field, man. It's been you can't go thirty-two games and win one game. Tony, why do they? I'm trying to figure out why pass on Barkley, but Carlos Hyde. I don't understand that either. Everybody's saying, "Well, you got to you got to go get the quarterback there." Or any of these, they must be taking Rosen. I don't think so. I don't think there's so even either. A dispute, there's a dispute on who the number one quarterback is, right? So if there's a dispute, that means there's no one that stands out. So how can they be that good? According to all the, you know, everything that we read, a lot of people think that Rosen was going to be the guy that be the number one quarterback. But if you believe everything you read, now people are saying Baker Mayfield's the guy. Well, all the teams now look at the situation at the quarterback position, and if we have two different names in the place, two means you have none. Exactly. Two means you have none. It, it, you're 100% correct in that assessment right there. So I look at a situation where it's like the more Cleveland pushes ahead, the more they remind you of the Cleveland Browns. So I think they had a yeah, chance. And I don't it. believe – and you could throw another name in there because I don't believe this, so I, I I don't throw it out there. But there was a lot of reports that that Cleveland likes uh, Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback. I can't go with Josh Allen, Tone. Me either. I can't go but with Josh Allen. I'll just throw it out there in case they pick him. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that situation. So I think Barkley's could have been the guy there, should have been the guy there. But now with Carlos but, Hyde there, Tony, I think he's still solidly in RB2. Low end all be one, high all be two. So, does this mean that Saquon Barkley is going to be a New York Giant? That's what it looks like. It seems like. And, and, Giant and signed still, Nate Soldier this week. Still got a lot of work to do on that old line, though. Yeah, I'll tell you what, from Saquon Barkley, people that are in your dynasty leagues and you've already had, or anyone that's done drafts already. Cleveland was a lot better place for Barkley. Exactly. Uh, their offensive line is good. They signed an offensive lineman during the offseason. Um, the Giants offensive, Ned Soldier's a good player, but he's a big dude. He's 6'8", and he's those big guys, he's been having injuries lately, and I kind of think that's why the Patriots really contemplated trying to bring him back, and they don't usually do that. So they like the kid, but in the end they didn't bring him back. Didn't bring him back. He goes for a big number to the New York Giants. Tone, you think if Carlos Hyde does not sign with the Browns and the Browns go all in on Saquon Barkley, do you think Joe Thomas retires? Yeah, I think yeah, I, it was, I just it was over. It, it was over. Had a great career. I could say he played every down in his career. 
And, uh, you know, here's what I will say, though. Say the Browns start out 4-1. and one. It might not, You might see Joe Thomas play again. Think so? Think he'd come back? If he doesn't weigh 400 pounds, he, he <laughs> Tony Fulmer. It, it's NFL, weird when these guys NFL retire. NFL players blow up. Um, the way they blow up is unbelievable. Some of them get real big and others go the opposite. Like they realize how bad it can get and they get – some of them get like real skinny. Yeah. Like you'll see a tackle that was intimidating and now he's like a male model like Mike Florio. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chris Dolman was a guy that was a, a lot skinnier than when he played. Yeah. Hey, are you Now, Tony, are you familiar – speaking of Mike Florio, Tony, are you familiar with uh, masculine wipes? Corey uses them no, all the time. No. <laughs> In fact, he brings wipes. them to work. They see <laughs> anything other than masculine. <laughs> yeah, now, Tony, apparently this is a new thing, With I guess, with millennial men. Masculine wipes are like baby wipes for your masculine area. Really? Yeah. Really? So, so people's, uh, their, their, their manhood sweats a lot? Is it and they, is it sweat a lot from a lack of work and they, they're looking for a little action every once in a while? I mean, how, why does it sweat so much? I don't know why that area tone sweats so much, but this is like a new thing where, you know, if you are a, a, a male who needs to freshen up, you can reach into your purse and um take out a masculine wipe and go to the restroom and uh give yourself a couple of dabs and you're good to go. All right, I'm going to clean this up a little. Florio, when you take out a masculine wipe, what area are you cleaning off? Is it your rod or under your ball bag? <laughs> <laughs> that was you cleaning it up. <laughs> I I have absolutely no idea, but I Googled it just now, yeah. and the first thing that comes up says, fresh meat masculine wipes. Eliminate the funk from your junk. Uh, I still didn't answer my question. Like, where do you? I've never even. I didn't know these existed until I walked in today, and Corey brought them up. Uh, That is a question. We got to get the maker next week on of uh, the masculine wipes, and ask him if we if it's the rod that you're you know washing (laughs) off, or if it's the under the ball bag, because that could get sweaty sometimes. I think. No, I think I think this is a this is an effective way to eliminate chub rub. (laughs) There we go. There you go, right there, Tom. These are this is something that you know Lenny Melnick in all his years of research has never. To find it any so, time. Reading up on Lady it. Melnick does not own. <laughs> it says you can use masculine wipes on your face slash bald head, your armpits, oh. your butt, your family jewels, and your feet. <gasps> really? This is uh, interesting, Tony. No, but we got to get want... to the masculine wipe industry. Yeah, but it, 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 people got to be careful here. You can't wipe your feet and then put... The masculine wipe on your junk. You need to dispose of it after you do each area, right? Yeah, no doubt, Tony. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. You can't. Right. It can't be the same ball bag. I mean, it's, excuse me. The same. <laughs> it's, it can't be the same wipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. You don't want to go. You don't want to go from your nuts to your face. You feel what I'm saying? Right. No? Yeah. right. There's Dangerous. a lot of guys. 
there's a lot of guys out there that won't um, kiss a woman um, after she uh, orally, orally pleases them. Uh-huh. Um, how do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know what, Tone? Um, <laughs> I've never been that guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I still go in for the kiss, Tone. Okay. Mike Florio, uh, what does your girl think about that? About what? Like, the, that other guy, like, I, I mean, you make Corey a little bit hesitant to answer there. That's hard to do. <laughs> uh, this is uh, becoming a football man show. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? Gotta make, I mean, if you're going to be good at fantasy football, you probably have a lot of money, probably have a lot of women, and you need these men. Masculine wipes. wipes. Yeah, sounds like a yeah. worthy investment, Tony. Do you think we see this new thing pop up in NFL locker rooms across the country? Oh, Mas- I guarantee it. Masculine, no, it masculine like, wipes for after the game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I could see Odell Beckham Jr. on the next commercial for masculine <laughs> wipes. That's exactly the first player that came to my mind. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're out in Amsterdam, and you got one of them skeezy women. I got these manual wipes out here. You wipe off before and you wipe off after, but just make sure you wipe off. There you go right there. Tony just cut a promo for masculine wipes. Get the funk out of your junk. I think Wellington Marriott would be cringing and he'd be going, what are these masculine wipes? (laughs) It's a thing of the future. (laughs) Masculine Uh, wipes. Wipes for your masculine area. That's insane, right? But you can. The thing is, it's for your masculine area. But then take it, then take it and use it on the top of your other head. <laughs> it makes no. That's a, that's a Scott Engel move right there. Tony. <laughs> yeah, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> these things aren't cheap. Use them. You gotta keep using them. <laughs> you use them Corey, on your junk. Corey, uh, after I'm done with the masculine wife, you want to go get a McChicken with me? <laughs> hey, Toad, Scott cleaned his glasses with masculine wipes. <laughs> oh, man. I'm What's sorry. With the king? That didn't come that. Uh, we should have did a segment of football right there and not discuss masculine and white for the last 20 minutes, Tone. They're a new sponsor, hopefully. <laughs> You're right. I can see that. We're doing them a favor. Masculine wipes brought to you by the fantasy Fabuloso. football frenzy. Fabuloso can... make masculine wipes. The same people that make the kitchen cleaner Fabuloso, that's the company yeah. that make masculine wipes. Yeah, uh, you know, Scott got mad at me today because he doesn't have any experience in the men's locker room other than looking around. <laughs> I, was, I was telling him that the worst thing you can ever do is get Ben Gay on your genitals, like it burns like a bastard. And he had no idea what I was talking about. And if you've never been in a men's locker room, if you've never had that happen to you. Fantasy football frenzy coming to an end this hour. I want to thank everybody for rocking with us. We got through some NFL free agency stuff. Hopefully, we help your draft strategy in 2018. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Tony Sincata. Thank you very much to Frenzy. We out.